What's up, podcast? Welcome back to another episode of Speech Analysis on the Public Speaker Podcast. Now, today's episode is going to be a speech analysis of a TED New York City conference talk um, by a guy named Tomas, and I'm not even going to try to say the rest of the name because I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, um, giving a speech on the power of negative thinking. So this is someone who's done a lot of research about negative thinking and uh, is communicating a lot of that research to the audience and overall just creating a story between his own personal experience and how that relates to his thoughts and opinions on how to stop getting out of negative thinking. And he criticizes the self-help industry a little bit. So there's a lot of nuance in this talk. I like it. Not super long. It's a little short. Um, But nonetheless, here are my thoughts and opinions on it. So I hope you guys enjoy and enjoy the speech analysis. Bye. So I grew up in Argentina, which means I always had a problem with confidence. My problem is I have too much of it. And then- so that is a funny introduction to the speech. Nothing too fancy, but just sort of gets in there and starts off with a funny joke that says, I grew up with too much confidence. The audience is obviously laughing. There's probably some historical like reason or like uh, generalization of people who grow up in Argentina are very cocky or very confident of themselves, which is what makes the joke super funny. In Argentina, this is quite common. We have a charming tendency to think that we are the greatest country in the world, even though our nation has been declining for about 100 years. (laughs) We are, according to some economic standards, the only perpetually devolving nation in the world. And to cope with this or maintain our delusion, we also have the highest concentration of psychoanalysts per capita in the world. And if you don't want to spend your life in therapy, you can do what I did, which is you become a psychologist yourself. So I've always been interested in the relationship between confidence, how smart... So this is a very interesting part um, because this is where we see the transition to the meat of the speech. We started off with sort of a personal experience talking about how growing up in Argentina led to this unbelievable sort of sense of self-confidence. And now that narrative is even though it was small is going to be getting to transition into what the actual purpose of the speech is which in this case seems to be someone who's been spending their life doing some research based upon the experience that they had when they were young growing up in a place where they felt very confident and competence how smart you actually are and for about 10 years i've been conducting studies relating people's self-perceived abilities with their actual abilities not just in argentina but in about 40 different countries. And the surprising fact is that there is a very weak relationship between competence and confidence. Not because most people are overly modest or underconfident, but because the vast majority of people think they're better than they actually are. So here we see the use of the visual aid. Um, And the visual aid here is very good because it's sort of indicating different elements of confidence versus competence. Uh, and using green and red to sort of highlight the parts that really matter. There's not a lot of words on this. It's actually very self-explanatory, very simplified, which is what a visual aid should be in a public speech. It shouldn't be something overly complex, especially if you're trying to present data. It should be something that is super simple, and you should be talking, and the visual aid should be enhancing the value of what you're saying versus the visual aid being the presentation itself. So overconfidence is one of the most pervasive biases in human thought. And if you read popular psychology textbooks or are into the self-help industry, you will know that there are two individual advantages of being overconfident. Number one, it does feel good to think you're great. (laughs) Even if you're deluded. 
Number two, that delusion can help you fool other people. And yet, there is a dark side of overconfidence that is hardly ever emphasized. For example, overconfidence explains why some people are much more likely to have traffic accidents, whether they're drivers, cyclists, or pedestrians, why some people gamble and are into compulsive, pathological levels of gambling, and uh, why we have financial gambling cases, such as the last meltdown, which are caused not just by greedy investment bankers, but also overconfident consumers who overestimate their ability to pay back their loans and mortgages. Overconfidence is also behind major health threats, and it explains why smokers, drinkers, drug users, illegal or legal, and compulsive eaters are in denial about their addictions and overestimate. So as we can see here, every example that he's listing is being presented with a visual aid to accompany that, even if the visual aid is as simple as just like showing a, uh, a cigarette when he's talking about smoking. Um, this can really enhance the value of a presentation because instead of just saying these things, the audience is now looking at something in which they're able to visualize and contextualize what the speaker is saying, which just gives it a little bit more value. Obviously, the visual aids are not like some, you know, crazy types of pictures that are like, like, like force the audience to look back and they're like, oh my God, these pictures are amazing. But they're simple things to enhance the presentation and the presentation's value. Their ability to quit or underestimate the potential harmful effects that these addictions might have on them. Even when they're aware of them, they think it will happen to other people, not to themselves. And finally, overconfidence also fosters and promotes a narcissistic culture, a narcissistic society where we commonly mistake confidence by competence, which is why in any domain or profession of expertise, there are so many charlatans in business. Why arrogant and psychopathic employees are commonly promoted to managerial levels. Why we have not enough women in charge because they are more modest and more underconfident. Yes, it's true, it's a fact. And also why so many people, especially teenagers, are obsessed with being famous just for the sake of being famous and spend so much time worshipping those who worship themselves. And why some of you might spend so much time updating your Facebook status, hoping that others like what you're doing. And, you know, luckily they can't dislike it. They can only like it. So what's the solution? And I want to finish on a negative note, which... <laughs> which this is kind of funny because most people would finish on a positive note, but this is sort of being counterintuitive. So again, even though this is a short speech, it's, it's, it's having little hints of value in there, um, and it's trying to create a sense of tension in the room based upon the historical and like statistical research that this presenter has done about confidence and overconfidence that fits in with the theme of what they're talking about. And we did a series on this on the channel called Functions of Conclusion. So he's getting ready to conclude the presentation with setting up the audience to expect something negative, which I've never seen this before, so it may actually be positive, it may actually be negative, we'll see what it is. Um, but it is a way to get the audience to feel something that is correlated towards the analysis that he's done in the beginning of the speech, particularly about confidence levels. It really is for your benefit and for our benefit, collective benefit. Maybe it's better to see the glass as half empty. And not enough has been said emphasizing the positive power of negative thinking. 
There are key adaptational benefits to your insecurities and to low confidence. For example, low confidence is a threat detection signal that tells you that you shouldn't be doing something. And you know, if you hear a little inner voice that tells you you shouldn't do something, consider yourself lucky. Maybe you should pay attention to it. At the same time, the reason why so many people suffer from having low self-concept is because this signal is emphasizing a discrepancy between the person you want to be and the person you think you are. So what you should do about it is try to reduce that discrepancy or that gap between confidence and competence by working hard, not by reading self-help books that tell you that you shouldn't worry about your self-esteem, that you're great no matter what other people think of you. And finally, low confidence and insecurities are key to keep us modest, humble. And there are many advantages to modesty. It keeps us attentive to negative feedback, which means that we are more coachable. It also stops us from being complacent, and it also make us, makes us more likable. And this is coming from a recovering Argentine. <laughs> so the message is clear. A less confident world would be a better world. Thank you very much. Okay, so this was the power of negative thinking at the TEDx conference in New York City. So, again, short speech, nothing super crazy about it. Um, I liked the concept of it. I think at the end, it sort of ended on a positive note, which was finding the positivity in some of the insecurities that we have, which is a good thing because it appeals to a more universal message that most individuals or like literally everyone in the world is insecure about something. So embracing that insecurity and not trying to feel as if you don't have it, but rather just understand that it's there uh, and feeling that you don't have it would be sort of the overconfidence that can get you into some harsh, weird situations, but rather just embracing that it's there and like being okay with it is not about being overconfident, but it's rather about accepting things that are kind of inevitable is what I'm getting from this speech. Um, and I'm also getting the idea that if we are negatively thinking, it's not really negative as if we're putting ourselves down, but it's more in the lens of uh, realism and pragmatism versus utopianism and idealism, which is a healthy balance to have. I think you have to be a little crazy to do crazy things, but I also think you have to be sort of pragmatic sometimes to even get to those crazy things because a lot of that stuff comes from understanding how to just get stuff done in a pragmatic way, which is, I think, his argument about not reading self-help books, but actually taking action, not being overconfident and feeling like you have a big ego, but rather doing things that will maybe one day actually stroke your own ego because you've done the work to get there. So overall, I like this speech. Let me get your thoughts in the comments of what you thought about the speech. I'm always curious to hear them. Leave a speech in the description that you would like me to review. Thank you guys for watching, and I will see you in the next video. Bye.